there, everyone. I'm Joe, and I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for listening to our Lincoln eFree podcast. We are grateful for your support to shine the light of Christ in every home and business in the Lincoln Lakes area and beyond. In case you're not aware, we have a YouTube channel, which you can find the link in our bio. We hope you enjoy this week's message and encourages you and helps you to become the light that God designed you to be. With that, let's jump in. So maybe you're like me this morning, your heart's just a little bit heavy over what's going on in our world. If you don't pay attention to the news, and I don't blame you for not, but I want to be aware of what's going on. This week, the terrorist organization in Gaza, known as Hamas, sent five, a total now of 6,000 rockets into Israel. On top of that, in and around the Gaza Strip, they attacked Jewish civilians. God have mercy. So many women and children, dozens of Children, infants killed, babies decapitated. What is going on? Israel is now calling on all all citizens of Gaza and northern Gaza to leave because they're coming after Hamas. Hamas is telling them to stay. They'll use them as human shields. So far, over 1,300 Jews have been killed. A hundred are still held as hostage, some of them Americans. And early this morning, one of Israel's fears And one of the world's fears gains some some practical reality as Hezbollah in Lebanon, a much larger and stronger terrorist organization than Hamas, sent several rockets into Israel. It's the newest. At least one Israeli was killed and several wounded. If you want to to, um, keep up on that news with a reliable source, you might Google Joel Rosenberg's Uh, news source, news service called All Israel News. Joel Rosenberg was an American-born Jew who has since moved to Jerusalem, is there. He's written a number of books uh, on uh, on the Middle East and uh, is a reliable source uh, sought out by governments as well as... uh, 
many, many Christian folks, um, all, Amer all Israel news. What evil is behind this? Both Hezbollah and Hamas are funded by Iran. So on the political scene, President Biden and everyone else knows that Iran is behind it. But we need to dig deeper. Behind Iran is, I believe, the devil himself. And that's the evil we're talking about this fall as we discuss spiritual warfare. And that is the same evil you and I battle, who is out to destroy us as persons, destroy our families. It is the same evil behind family conflicts that you're dealing with, who seeks to take you down. Jesus said to Peter, Satan has desired to have you that he might sift you like wheat. the end of our service today, we're going to take some time just to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. But first, we're going to look a little more closely at what you and I need to do in order to face this evil. And what is true on an international scene is also true Personally, So take your Bibles and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. We have it on the screen, and I'll invite you to stand as we read. The Apostle Paul says, finally... Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as Shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming missiles, darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, 
which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. This is a reminder that Paul was sitting in prison when he wrote this. You may be seated. Three times Jesus refers to our enemy, Satan, the devil, as we talked at length about that last week. Three times he refers to Satan as the ruler of this world. As we said last week, God keeps Satan on a short leash doesn't always seem so short. The ruler of this world. Paul, earlier in the, in the book of Ephesians, refers to him as the prince of the power of the air. In the atmosphere above the earth, controlled by the evil one. This world, let me, as much as I love the hymn that talks about this world being our Father's world. It is. But right now, it is under the control of the evil one, and we live in it. So if you get anything out of this message this morning, I hope you get an earnestness about the reality of evil and how you must stay vigilant. In Ezekiel 38 and 39, Ezekiel talks about a war either at the beginning of the tribulation or just before the tribulation, perhaps just before the rapture, where kings of the north, particularly Russia, with Iran likely, will invade Israel. But they will be stopped dramatically by our God and destroyed. I don't see this current event as that war. But I see that it could develop into that. So be vigilant. It talks in Ezekiel 38 and 39 of Israel before the war happens, Israel dwelling in a false sense of, of safety. And that is exactly what happened the end of this past week. For two years, Hamas has been planning this attack. Two years. 
In fact, a Hamas official said, we wanted Israel to believe we were just governing Gaza in peace. Israel was lulled to sleep. Their iron dome, overwhelmed by 5,000 missiles, couldn't stop them all. We all want safety. None of us want war. We want to just live in peace and let live. It's exactly where the devil wants you and I to be. We must stay vigilant. Your family's at stake. My family's at stake. Now we say the Lord protects us, absolutely. But that can become a false sense of safety as well. Twice he says, Put on, take up the, the armor of God. That's what protects you. It's like our salvation is all of God. Absolutely true. But you have to purchase a ticket and get on the bus. That bus is going to go from here to there, from earth to heaven. You and I must get on the bus. That's belief. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Does that mean I got, I'm getting myself to heaven? Absolutely not. It's the bus company that determines that, I'm going, that, that they're going to run this route from here to there. God is the one who's going to get you saved. But you have to buy a ticket. You have to believe. You have to repent of your sins and, and fall before God and ask him to save you. That's not good works. That's cooperative non-resistance. There's armor provided. You do not need to fear the devil. You do not need to fear falling and stumbling and being ruined by evil. You don't need to fear that. As long as you put on the full armor of God, as long as you take it up. Do you know one thing persecution does in the, in the world for Christians? It thins the ranks. In the first three centuries of the Christian church, there were virtually no carnal Christians who were just sort of along for the ride, who were just very casual about their faith. There, there were because you could go to jail. You could have your property confiscated. You could be stoned. Or crucified. There were no carnal Christians. Today the church in America is full of carnal Christians. So carnal that you, you're not sure whether they're even Christian at all. 
the time for that is past. As we move into these last days, put on the full armor of God. We're not going to spend a lot of time on each item, but first and foremost, the belt of truth. My belt is decorative. At best, my belt holds up my pants, keep me from being embarrassed. And I suppose in that sense, it's a little bit like the belt of truth. The Roman soldier and today's soldier has a, a belt, a heavy belt, holds everything together, ties stuff together, keeps you from being embarrassed. And they would pull the the. The, the, the end of their skirt and tuck it into the belt so that they could move freely. You think about this. The person who always tells the truth never really has to worry about how they say things. Don't you find yourself doing that? Oftentimes you, you, you say, now, how should I say this? The only time you really have to think too much about how should I say this is when you're thinking of sort of shading the truth a little bit. And we are supposed to speak the truth in love. We don't want to be cruel with the truth. But at the, at the end of the day, this is not a power struggle. This is a truth struggle. And this word is truth. And we are to speak the truth. I've said this many times before. In our home, when we had young kids, one of the, one of the few things that we were ruthless on was deceit. Some of you have a child or two like we did. was always manipulating and always sort of twisting and and who didn't hesitate when pressed to say something not truthful in order to protect herself. That rules out Joe, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Always careful. You don't have to be as careful if you tell the truth. Think about it in a court of law. Think about it in your home. If you just tell the truth, that is critical to your protection as a believer. If you always tell the truth, you'll be okay. Jesus spoke of the devil as the father of lies. You know what Joel Rosenberg says is the big concern right now. He believes that all the atrocities of Hamas will be forgotten once Israel invades Gaza. Because CNN and other news services will pick up on the atrocities and they're already warning Israel not to, 
not to rape, pillage, and steal and all this, you know. Two officials in Israel have told Joel Rosenberg, just wait. Public opinion right now is with Israel. Watch it change as Israel invades Gaza. It'll be interesting. I'm watching that myself. So without all the ado, uh, put on the belt of truth, okay? Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Officers in Benton County a couple of days ago executing a Benton County search warrant in a home were fired upon by the owner of the home, a drug dealer already convicted. Two of the, all, five officers involved, three wounded, two would likely be dead if they hadn't been wearing the bulletproof vests. Ask Kent Mason about that, a former police officer, and how important. My son-in-law puts on his vest when he goes to work. They stopped. Think, think about what, it made me think, what, what in the world is that made of? That, it, that it's actually stopped the bullet. Uh, it, took, it was a shock. It was a shock. You know, they, they really felt it, but they're alive because of that bullet, bulletproof vest. Our righteousness in Christ is that vest. Now, I'm tempted to say it's God's righteousness, not ours. Man's righteousness is as a filthy rag. But there is both a legal aspect and an ethical aspect here. Positional aspect of our righteousness in Christ, but also a practical aspect. And they're like, they're like conjoined twins who should not be separated. When you are protected by Christ's righteousness, you are doing the right thing. Got it? It's not your rightness that's protecting you, but when you are protected by Christ's righteousness, you're doing the right thing. And when you fail to do the right thing, do not expect the bulletproof vest to stop the bullet. You got to put it on. Imagine that morning if one of those police officers had not put his vest on, left it hanging in his locker. Could be dead. Did he protect himself? Yes, by putting on the vest. Do not expect God's protection unless you put on his vest. Trust in his righteousness.
the gospel, shoes, the readiness. Always be prepared, Peter said, to give, any, to, to, to give a testimony of the hope that is within you. Always be prepared. Maybe I've told you before, I've told other congregations, we should all live like missionaries. We're missionaries we visited in India, and every, everything they do, getting a ride from the tuk-tuk taxi, you know, going to the grocery store, getting your shoes repaired, getting a haircut, everything they did, they were looking for a possible connection where they could share faith. We ought to live like that. For that opportunity. I'm not as good at that as my wife is. You get to know her. She, she's always looking. I have to push myself more. The readiness of the gospel shoes. The shield of faith. There were two types of shields in, in Roman times. One was just kind of a round shield, like that, and the other was. I mean, it was, you could, most men could look over it, but it was like that all the way to the ground. And it protected them. And they would link together in a shield wall, interlocking their shields. And they would push forward. The shield of faith is not just a defensive weapon. Many of the shields had a, what they call a boss in, in front, a big iron or ste- iron uh, ball with a point on it. And they would, they, they would come and they would, that's what faith does. Faith doesn't just stay in the fortress behind the big walls. Faith moves out. But together we form a kind of shield wall. Oh, God help us. Because the shield wall is only as good as the weakest link in that wall. Let's not be critical of each other. Let's encourage each other all the more in the faith. We need each other. When we stand in the shield wall, this is, this is not... Well, I don't care about them. I'm going I'm to honor God the way I, you know, I'm going to serve God. No. We got to do this together. Together. The shield of faith. The helmet of salvation. That's our ultimate assurance that we will be saved. Count on it. Always keep in mind, we're going to win. We're going to win. We are going to win. Thank you, sister. We win. They lose. Keep the helmet of salvation on your head. You are going to win with Christ. And finally, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Interesting, usually the word of God is logos, Uh, the emphasis being on the written word. 
on the content. This time it uses a less common word for word. Rhema. Say that with me. Rhema. It, it, it has a greater emphasis on the spoken word. God speaks the word to his prophets who write it. It is, it, it, it is the, the word is, is inspired by God, breathed out by God. The point that I think is made with this is that this is the word of God, but it is of limited value if you put it on the shelf and just admire it. It is intended to be taken into battle and spoken. Spoken word for word, spoken thought for thought, but spoken to the evil. This is the word that evil cannot stand. This is the word that defeats fortresses of evil and deceit. This is the word of truth. Let me encourage you, every Christian, I don't want to put guilt on, you know, but every one of us should be students of this word. There are people who think themselves Christians all around this great country because they go to church with some regularity and they acknowledge God and Jesus with some sincerity. But they are easily misled by preachers and teachers, people who may think that this is not just, this isn't the word of God, it contains the word of God. That's where most of our mainline denominations are today. This is not the word of God. It contains the word of God. We say, no, it is the word of God. That doesn't mean we understand it all, but it is the word of God. And our speech, fully consistent with this, has power. You can use this against the enemy. Every time Jesus was tempted in the desert, he gave us the example. What did he say? Satan, it is written. Case closed. It's written. This is our sword. This is our offensive weapon. Read it. Become so familiar with it. It becomes a part of you. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Carry it with you. In my, in my car, car, truck, I've got three by five cards with scripture written on it that I'm, I'm working at memorizing, working at, at remembering, recalling. I know Pam and other young mothers said you, you had, with, with very limited time to sit and study, young moms, okay? 
whether stay at home or working outside the home, just Pam would have, have note cards, sticky, sticky cards uh, with scriptures all over the house, in the bathroom, in the kitchen, over the sink, you know, all over the place. So that she's being reminded. Some of you are doing similar kinds of things. This is our weapon. This is what chases the enemy away, the word of God. And finally, there was one aspect of the Christian life that Paul was not successful in coming up with a parallel with the Roman soldier, prayer. Prayer, it really is the supply link. You know how important it is to have a supply link? when you're in the military or in other situations, you gotta keep a supply link open or you're dead in the water. You gotta be able to get supplies. Prayer. Praying at all times. What times? Daniel prayed morning, noon, and night three times a day at all times, pray without ceasing. Live with a sense of continuous communication. Amen should not mean the end of your prayer. Keep the conversation flowing with God. Praying at all times in the spirit, with, your, with intensity, with sincerity not by rote. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints. How often during the week do you pray for other saints who are wrestling with things? And also for me that words may be given me to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Pray for me. Pray for each other. Keep the conversation going with God. That communication link is vital between the frontline forces and the generals in the rear. Keep it open. With that, we're going to move into a time of prayer. We're going to pray for Israel. But we're also going to pray for the salvation of Jews and Palestinians alike. God loves them all. That's the uniqueness about Christianity. We're called to pray for our enemies. We don't like the idea of having enemies, but we do. But we're to pray for those enemies. Martyrs have breathed their last praying for those who killed them. That's where Christianity doesn't make any sense, but this is God's way. It's not man's way. In just a moment, we're going to move into just, we're going to just huddle where we are. 
If you're uncomfortable praying out loud, you don't have to pray out loud. If you're able, then do so, but just sort of turn in with in groups of four or five. And some of you are alone, you might go join another group. But we're going to pray for the people of Israel. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Psalm 122. We're going to pray for people to be saved. Because oftentimes it's in the worst of times that the Holy Spirit does his greatest work. We're going to pray that this doesn't spread into a larger, a larger uh, evil and war. And we're going to pray, however God leads you, I've given enough direction. So let's just turn in toward each other, and we're going to turn this room into a house of prayer, which is what God intends it to be. Just spend a few minutes praying, and then I'll close after a couple of a few minutes. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you're interested in learning more about Lincoln E. Free Church here in the Lincoln Lakes area, you can go check out our website, lincolnefree.org, and you can give us a follow on Facebook. Have a great week.